Welcome to Ask Pastor Christian. Hi, my name is Christian Garcia, pastor of Trinity Reformed Presbyterian Church in Montrose, Colorado. In today's episode, we will examine a little bit of the composition of the Westminster Assembly. That is, the who's, the how's, the what's, and similar questions. Now, as we have mentioned before, the Westminster Assembly was a body called by Parliament. That is something key that we are not to forget, because it was actually Parliament who decided the commissioners or the delegates that will form part of the Assembly. This fact is worth mentioning because we live in a country and time where we take for granted the separation between church and state. But it was not so during the 17th century in England, as we have already pointed out before. In any case, it was the parliament that decided that they will appoint the delegates according to the recommendation of the knights of each county, although the delegates not necessarily had to come from or live in any of those counties, interestingly enough. Uh, for what we know, and although there was no overriding basis for nomination, there were at least uh, two things that there were key in nominations. Uh, first, uh, living closer to London was very important, and second, uh, personal contacts. Now, those two pragmatic considerations may sound a little bit too unspiritual for us, but we need to remember that God uses means, and many times that means that he uses uh, things that look less like a voice of an angel coming down from heaven and more like common day situations like living closer to London or having friends in parliament. In any case, the delegates were not chosen because of a mysterious light shone upon them or Parliament received a special revelation from God, but rather through normal and very worldly means, so to speak. And yet, that doesn't mean that God's providence and guidance is absent from these means. Uh, the vast majority of the delegates were of Presbyterian convictions, but there were minorities represented as well. In fact, there were a number of Episcopalians, a few Independents, and a few more Erastians. When the members were finally chosen, the assembly consisted of 119 divines. Now, divine is just a name used to refer to a theologian. There was two theologians or divines that came from each county in England two from the Channel Islands, one from each county of Wales, two from Oxford and Cambridge universities, and four from London. In addition, there were 10 representatives from the House of the Lords, that will be the British Senate, so to speak, and 20 from the House of Commons, uh, what we will call today the Congress or the representatives. And finally, uh, three members from the French Reformed Church with pastoral positions in England. That is more or less how the composition of the assembly looked like. Now, you will be surprised to hear that of all of those representatives, the normal attendance was in the low 60s. That is to say that normally, uh, out of the 119 or 20 representatives, only half of them were present at all times. This, though, shouldn't be a surprise. Distance, weather, pastoral duties, and other obligations may have deterred the commissioners from being present at every single one of the sessions of the assembly. Uh, 
Now, these delegates were not dummies. All of them have had extensive biblical patristic, that is the study of the church fathers, and escholastic, that is to say, the study of medieval theologians, knowledge to spare. Figures like John Lightfoot, Thomas Coleman, and John Selden were all distinguished Oriental scholars. Thomas Gaytaker was distinguished in Hebrew and Greek, being one of the first pointing the difference between Koine and Classical Greek. Uh, John Wallace, a scribe for the assembly, became a mathematician and a friend of Sir Isaac Newton. Other delegates were also distinguished preachers, professors of universities, and many of them were used to reading scriptures using only the Greek and the Hebrew. In other words, these theologians were very learned. Finally, a parliament also made sure to make clear that the assembly was not a body of the church. In other words, the assembly didn't have ministerial powers. They couldn't simply depose or suspend ministers. Also, parliament made sure to establish the quorum on 40 members, chose the moderation, the moderator, excuse me, and retained the power to choose his successor. In addition to that, Parliament made sure that it was Parliament who was handling the topics of debate, and the response of the Assembly had to be given to Parliament alone. On one occasion, Parliament even had to incarcerate one of the members of the Assembly in the Tower of London because of gossiping about the details of the procedures inside the Assembly with people outside of the Assembly. Which, as perhaps you are already thinking, may be an interesting arrangement. In any case, that it was, in broad strokes, how the assembly looked like. Next time we will look at some of the debates of the assembly and the influences upon the Westminster Standards. Hope you're fi you found this very useful to you. And if you have any questions, please remember that you can send them my way at trinityreformedmontrose at gmail.com. Again, that is trinityreformedmontrose at gmail.com. Until the next time, blessings in Christ.